when people think about spending that money now, you're actually saving it for the future. If you think about what you could be spending on a hip replacement, what you might be spending on your knee replacements or any kind of health things in the future, you could actually stop those or prevent them from happening by one, getting stronger, getting fitter, losing weight, having a stronger mindset. All these kind of things can help you save money in the long run. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Download the app today. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast, the show that helps crack open your heart and inspire a deeper regard for your own well-being and happiness. Proudly brought to you by 28 Essentials, here's your host, the gorgeous Kim Morrison. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast. This week, a beautiful guest on the show. Someone, if you've been following this podcast for a while, who has been on the show before, the amazing Kerry Ashcroft. I wanted to share her with you this week because on the 26th of February, she starts and kicks off with a 12-week challenge. If you're in the space or the frame of mind to want to reset and recalibrate, focus on some new goals, then you're going to want to listen to this week's show. Kerry is a female strength and body recomposition coach and studio owner on the Sunshine Coast. She was born in the UK and moved to Australia 11 years ago with her gorgeous husband, Phil, and two beautiful daughters. Kerry is also a professional bodybuilding athlete with 13 state and national titles to her name. She's also an accredited sports nutritionist and podcast host. She's experienced in both aesthetic and performance sports, and she brings a wealth of knowledge and experience to her clients, helping them to all achieve their goals, whether it is competition or just, as I mentioned, to reset and recalibrate or be the best version you can possibly be. I cannot inspire or encourage you enough to listen to this so that you can step up and into being your best version of you. I am participating in the 12-week challenge, and I invite you to join us to see what you can achieve over a three-month period. I look forward to sharing with you the results of this in 12 weeks' time, but I also really want to reach out to you to uh, reach out to our gorgeous Kerry if it's something that is a slight flirting challenge within you to want to be a part of it. You can place your comments and feedback on my Instagram page, Kim Morrison 28 or you can go to my Facebook page, Kim Morrison Training, or if you want to share this podcast, it's on all the platforms, or you can head on over to thewellnesscouch.com forward slash self-love podcast. I know if this is something that you've been wanting to do for some time, if you want to be the healthiest, strongest, best version of you, then reach out to Coach Kerry. Uh, dot au, and that's au, and you can also listen to her amazing podcast, Queen We Got You. I cannot wait to share this with you. I am super excited and delighted to be a part of this. Every year I love doing a challenge, and this is why I wanted to share this amazing soul with you this week. I cannot wait to hear what you think of it. Take care, be kind, and I look forward to hearing your response to this amazing session this week. 
Well, I am very excited this week to have a very special guest back on the show. It is such a delight to have the beautiful Kerry Ashcroft back with us. She has done a lot of things since show 125, and we're not only going to get an update from this beautiful being, she's also got something pretty exciting that's about to launch. But before we get into that, I want to welcome you, beautiful Kerry. Welcome back to the Self Love Podcast. Hello, Kimmy, and thank you for having me back. Oh, look, it's such a treat. I am the one of the lucky ones that gets to spend at least three times a week with you. You are my personal trainer. There is something that always allows me to rise above what I think I can do. You seem to have this beautiful way of pulling out the best in your clients. But just in case people haven't heard your story in in show 125, could you just give us a little brief background again as to just why you are in this beautiful fitness industry and what led you down this path? Okay, so just going back to the beginning for those who haven't yet been following my journey, um, I went from the average mom um, who got into fitness, um, got into fitness during a challenge at a gym which then led on to me loving strength training. Um, As I fell more in love with strength training, I then also went on to become um, a bodybuilding competitor. So back in 2015, I did my first bodybuilding show. Um, And during that time, I just absolutely loved the process of changing my body through strength training, my mindset and everything, my nutrition. Um, It was such a journey which just led me into, uh, I had so much passion for it that it started to become my career then. So during that time, I then went on to do my Cert 3 and 4 and went on to become a personal trainer, which was just amazing to be able to put my passion into um, into my career. So that continued and I um, started to work at a commercial gym, which is where I met you, Kimmy, and your beautiful daughter, Taylor. Um, so yeah, that's where I started. I've done multiple bodybuilding shows and after leaving Anytime Fitness, um, during, well, just after COVID, I opened my own studio in Warana. So that's where we're currently training now. And that's been over three years now. So yeah, that's my journey into, um, opening my own studio. Um, during the time as well, I've also done some ultra marathons and CrossFit So quite a few different multiple things away from bodybuilding. Um, But again, just amazing things which have helped to grow me into a better competitor, a better coach. Um, I did actually think I'd retired from bodybuilding, which um, I actually got the spark again. So back in 2022, I had a client on stage. And at that moment, I thought, I want to go again. So since we last spoke, I started to go back into prep. I then did a very successful um, 33-week dieting phase to get on stage last September, which I was overly happy with the physique I brought and had an amazing time. Um, So yeah, so that's where I've been and back into a bit of an off-season now and hoping to possibly get back on stage in maybe next year or the year after that. So yeah, that's my little journey of what I've been doing over the past few years. Certainly haven't sat still. I haven't whatsoever. I think what I've heard from you here is, and and I'd love for you to be really honest, you said you started out as a mum, going to the gym, doing your strength training, 
Um, did you love it to start with or was it a challenge for you? Like so many people join a gym, think it's going to be the be all and end all. And then the, the figures show that there's a high percentage of people that just do not stick to it. What was the key factor that had you fall in love and stick to it and then even make it your profession? It's funny that you say that when I first joined the gym, I was given like a one program, which I know is what, it's what they have to do at the gym. They give you one program to start you off. And I just continually kept doing this one program. Hadn't got a clue what I was doing. And it's only when there was another personal trainer at the gym and he pulled me over and said like, do you know what you're doing? Because I think he could just see me doing this same thing every single day. Um, and then that's when um, he introduced me to following something, which would have been a more structured plan over a few days. I then started to go, oh, okay, I know what I'm doing. I know I felt like I was progressing forward. So I think the importance of that, I actually, I had something, I had a program to follow. So I think a lot of people join a gym and haven't got a clue what they're doing. So they go a few times, either get bored or either just under, they just don't have the knowledge to continue going, lose confidence and then end up leaving then which is very, very, very common for that to happen. And it's also very sad because for many people, if they just saw the power in strength training and just how beautiful it is, the amount of times I hear people say, I hate gyms, I don't want to go to gyms. I think that's what I love so much about you breaking away from the commercial situation and into a more private one-on-one -on -one and small group session training. Has that been a key factor to your success and your client's success as well, do you think? I think so because, I mean, if you can remember, Kim, going back to 2020 when the gyms closed, we reopened, um, I know they closed in March, I think we reopened May, June. And at that time, it was extremely, sorry, my dog's barking, it was extremely difficult um, for me to get clients back into the gym. They had anxiety, they, they fell in love with actually training away from people at home as well. So it was very, very hard to get people back training amongst other people um so then that that was a key point of why I moved to my own gym so I had had this, um, the space to just go one-on-one -on -one, um for people to come in and not feel intimidated by seeing other people in the gym as well which I think is great because training is not also just about the body it's also about the mind as well so sometimes people just need nurturing they need to be able to feel strong and confident in themselves to actually continue going as well well, I think you've just nailed it on the head there. This is a mindset game as much as it is a physical game. And I think the hardest thing is consistency or discipline to stay consistent. In your humble opinion, has it become more and more important to you as you've aged, the importance of strength training? And if so, why? Oh, yes, definitely. Um, I think a lot of people underestimate why we strength train. Um, not only, I mean, people just think it's an aesthetic thing to build muscle, but just building more muscle, um, obviously it's going to keep you stronger as we get older. It increases your metabolism. Also, um, sorry, I lost my train of thought then. Um, it just increases bone density. So there's so many benefits from strength training. And people don't even realize that the fundamental movements that we do at home is what we would actually mimic in the gym as well. So imagine putting a um, something on a high shelf. It's almost like doing a shoulder press. Sitting down on a seat is doing a squat. Like bending over safely and picking something off the ground is a deadlift. So 
it's not only to get stronger inside the gym, it's what it's going to carry over as well into everyday life to keep you safe and being able to do things at home for like a long, long time as well. Many people think that aging and being unable to lift or to move as flexibly or as easily as they used to is a natural artifact of aging. But what many people don't appreciate is that we can actually get better with age, can't we? I'm also definitely. Um, what blows my mind now is I just see so many amazing ladies in the 70s, 80s still doing strength training or even starting to be honest like you don't have to have been doing it a long time to do it as you're older you can start at any time so it's just super important that we don't put an age barrier on getting started so it's so important that yeah don't think if you're past a certain age now that you cannot start it because it's super important that yeah we do start to add this into our life to actually uh, slow down the effects of aging I think that's where I've personally felt I'm probably fitter and stronger now than what I was 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And I've been blown away at just how much this training, particularly the investment that I've chosen to make a priority by having a personal trainer, has actually given me real guided individual support, particularly in this last year recovering from shoulder surgery. In your humble opinion, again, from the point of view of women, one of the biggest things that I see, regardless of whether people can have a PT or not, is the fear of gyms or going in, the fear of being judged, the fear of not being as fit or strong or lean or as beautiful as someone else. There seems to be a very big, um, I guess, a visual uh, component that many people put and use it as a limitation or a reason or an excuse not to go to the gym. What would you say to the person who would love to go, but is actually really scared, nervous or overwhelmed at the thought of people seeing them not at their best? Honestly, I know it feels intimidating, but I can guarantee that no one is watching. Honestly, everyone is in their own little world, worrying about their own self, what they're doing. Um, they could be thinking about what they're having for dinner. They could be thinking about something they need to do at work. So really, no one is judging you, watching you. But I know you might have that overall um, expectation of what's going to happen when you walk in. What you could possibly do is like join with a friend. You could also have a personal trainer at the beginning. So you have an appointment for someone to meet you there, show you equipment so you feel uh, more safer in the gym. Um, but honestly, the intimidation comes from the thought that we have like a perception of people are going to be watching me, people will be judging me, but they honestly are not. Um, so I think it's just having the confidence that you can go there and just be in your own lane and do your own thing. You're there for your own reasons. So if you can just get past that one barrier at the beginning, I think the more times you show up, go in, then it becomes a hell of a lot easier each time then. Mm. And I think that's the key is the consistency once again, and it takes discipline to do this. I'm also blown away, and even from seeing people at our gym and the the, the incredible, I guess, transformation, the change, it, it is actually really mind-blowing. I know it seems like a long time for a lot of people, but in 12 weeks to up to a year, we can transform our body, our mindset, our health. In the scheme of things, it's actually really quick, isn't it? It definitely is. If you think about, yeah, the physical changes that you can make, 
it's it's amazing. Like if you've anyone's ever seen some of my transformation pictures of some of the ladies I train, like Kim is one of them. But um, Shelley, who competed last year, she um, turned fifty last year, and she did her first bodybuilding competition in September, and she yeah brought to stage the most amazing physique. She's gone through menopause. She's a busy working mom. She just blows my mind how she transformed and she just developed this this discipline what made her leap out of bed every single morning and she just did the consistent things what was required for her to get to stage and even now post competition it has just become consistent it's become a habit so now she just does the things that she needs to do daily and just continues to progress and continues to grow and get better it's just amazing honestly if you can watch someone's transformation and also the confidence that she has now, when I see what she wears, I see just her smile is amazing. And it's just, that's an overall thing. If you can see how someone grows mentally and they grow as well, it's just beautiful. Sadly, through her process, there's also been judgment though. And there has been people, you and I and all the others in the gym love it. But sometimes she's been confronted with external forces, as do many people, when they get really focused and disciplined and certainly not drinking or not eating certain foods and becoming more and more aligned with their goal, i.e. to be on stage. How do you think she and many others cope with those external judgments? Because even though we might not have them in the gym now, you'll still get the naysayers or the people going, why are you doing this? Or what's it for? How did she or how would you recommend people cope with that? Yeah, I think social pressure is a big factor in what leads to a lot of people from failing to continue with dieting or on the health and fitness journey. Because we use it as like a social kind of like connection with people. It could be drinking, eating food. I think as long as you show up to these things, that is the main thing. You don't have to be doing what people do, but people don't understand that. So I think if you can, one, explain to them what you're doing and you would like the support, or sometimes you just really have to ignore it. And eventually, it's happened to me quite a few times, people stop saying things. People stop, um, like, not inviting you to things, but they stop um socializing you around like drinking and things like that so you might end up meeting for a coffee instead but also they will eventually start asking what you're doing because then they can see the results and then they start to get curious so sometimes you have to be the leader and then they will follow as well yeah i think that's the key and stay as you said before in your own lane stay connected and committed to your uh, goals, your weight loss, your transformation, whatever it is that you're looking for. The gym isn't just about building muscle, though, and particularly gyms like yourself. It's also about that connection and camaraderie and that support from one another. And in many ways, if you do stay consistent, you'll find you find your tribe, your community. How has that impacted your network? Oh, it's amazing. Like, I don't feel like I go to work. I never have done, to be honest. But it's like I'm walking in to work out with people, my friends, at the gym because it's like like attracts like. And I think all the ladies or men who train at my gym are all very similar. They're not only there to learn, to progress, but also yeah, to find their people because it's so nice that when you connect with people doing the same thing, how it actually makes you flourish as well because it's very positive. It's very health-orientated. So you end up feeling like, yeah, it's just nothing becomes a struggle then because it becomes normal because your friends are doing all the same thing. So sometimes when you do have the naysayers, 
like at home or wherever it might be, you don't also have them where you're working out. So I think that's super important that you don't, um, that self-doubt, am I doing the right thing? Because you can also see other people are also doing the same thing as well. Yeah, it's quite beautiful and it's inspiring actually, especially when you see other people really committed and connected to their vision or their goal. It actually can inspire you unconsciously to lift your game. Just in the same way, when I train at home, and I'll be completely honest, apart from running, if I'm doing weights at home or step-ups or any kind of thing on my assault bike at home, there's no way I push myself as hard or as vigilantly as I do when I've got you on my back or watching me. Um, there's something about accountability. Could you talk to us a little bit about what that means to you and how accountability can help you fast track your goals? Oh, definitely. I think I think if we don't have someone to be accountable to, I mean, it's great being accountable to yourself. That is amazing, which I think is something that you need to develop, but also having the accountability to a coach or your team, it does push you further. Because on the days where you can just stay in bed, pull the duvet over your head, you can't when you have someone to be accountable to because they know you haven't been doing the things. So it's just making sure that, yeah, having someone that you feel you not need to impress, but who needs to have your back at times. When you're having those low days, you might be able to reach out to them. They might give you that little extra push to get to the gym that little extra push to continue and eat your nutrition. Um, yeah, it's just having that external factor, isn't it? And also mm. just having the support as well, that yeah. little kind of kit on the back end. You're doing great. Keep going. Um, and on some sometimes weeks might go by where you might not feel like you're progressing or getting results, but it's just having that second person to tell you that you're doing great. Um, just continue. More results will come. Just keep consistent. So I think it's just having, yeah, someone else to come along their journey with you as well. And also that person to notice your changes, because I think we forget as we're going through the change or the transformation or getting leaner or stronger or faster or whatever it is that we're aiming for, it's it's hard on a daily basis to notice your improvement. And sometimes it's that accountability partner or coach that actually says, do you realize you've now, you're now lifting 10 kilos instead of eight just a couple of weeks ago. And I think we forget that as we go through our growth and our process of change. It's been stated that it takes four weeks of disciplined connection to uh, some sort of program at least three times a week. It takes four weeks for you to notice it. it. takes eight weeks for your family and friends to notice it, the changes. But then it takes 12 weeks for the rest of the world that will actually start going to you, wow, what, what are you doing? Is that in your experience why 12-week challenges seem to work the best in your opinion? Yeah, I think, to be honest, anything like shorter doesn't give people enough time to build habits. So this is what I mean when we talk about habits. Habits is also going to the gym. Habits is also um, drinking enough water, getting enough sleep at night, um, eating your, like, staying on track with your nutrition. So anything shorter than that, it doesn't allow people to make mistakes, uh, recorrect the mistakes, because it is, it's about learning, and we all make mistakes. So I think it's also building your own routine around things that you do daily, how it fits in with you personally. So anything less than like 12, I don't think it is long enough because I think the first few weeks you find your feet. The next few weeks, the motivation will heavily start. Then, then the last part of it, then you're on a good roll. 
which then when you finish that 12 weeks, these habits are don't packed, which then should continue on. Because it's not like we do 12 weeks, we just stop and go back to what we was doing before. It's not. You should be continuing. This is about a lifelong journey to just continue to get better, stay safe, to continue to get stronger. So I think a lot of it just needs to be like slowly um, got into and then continue and then to progress then. When you think about this, I mean, from my perspective, many would say, why would you spend, you know, this money on a personal trainer? Well, I guess it comes back to values, beliefs, and what we actually really is most, what is really important to us. So where some people would spend that $50, $100, $150 a week, uh, maybe on out Meal, going meals going out or maybe different types of foods that cost more or maybe it's socializing we all know how easy it is to spend money in a restaurant or a bar it comes down to prioritizing doesn't it and for many people if they create this priority in their life where their health their fitness and their accountability partner becomes so important it's almost like that will be seen as the number one priority over maybe a meal out that week or something. Have you found many people's priorities have changed as they've improved? I definitely think so. Um, but as well, it, it, when people think about spending that money now, you're actually saving it for the future. If you think about what you could be spending on a hip replacement, what you might be spending on your knee replacements or any kind of health um, things in the future, you could actually stop those or prevent them from happening by one, getting stronger, getting fitter, losing weight, um, having a stronger mindset. All these kind of things can help you help you save money in the long run, which I understand like it's hard to say no to things or it's if we see going out as our enjoyment for the week. Sometimes we just need to reframe that or maybe go out once a month instead so it can become more enjoyable. Instead of just doing what you've always done, could be some wine at the weekend, save that money. I mean, do it as a special occasion once a month instead of every single week. It's amazing, like, when you start to, like, get into your health and fitness journey, how you don't want to drink alcohol anymore or you don't want to eat out as often or you might be, um, you might want to cook at home instead because you know that that's going to help you towards your future goals then. Um, But it's just amazing that people are starting to see more benefit in personal training or putting it into the health and fitness all the time as well. Yeah, it's so powerful. Uh, One thing I wanted to ask you, uh, food tracking, um, macros, micros, looking at calories and things like that, for a lot of people that puts them right off having to track their food. I want to ask you honestly, is that because they don't want to write down what they've eaten, that we're lying to ourselves, or is it just that it's it's sort of outdated or is it just that we're not used to it? What is some people's resistance to tracking food or calories? Uh, there is there is a few different people who some people I work with, they get straight on to tracking, love it, um, really want to keep continue to learn. Other people just will not have a bar of it. They have this big barrier that comes up. Other people will be a bit slower in the learning process, but they are trying. So it's just trying to figure out where which person is first. But I think the people who have that immediate barrier across, it's actually trying to make them see how important this part of their journey is because it's just hard for them to actually understand any part of nutrition if they don't want to learn a little bit of it because yes we can buy meal plans we can buy other things but 
are you really learning what you're eating? It's just important that you learn about it, you understand it, what does your body need personally? And it's a massive investment into your future because, I mean, people can afford personal trainers now, but what if they can't afford them later on? But during your spell, if you're doing a bit of a challenge or a personal training session, get curious, learn, get as much info as you can. And then for later on, you can take all that knowledge away from you because it's very hard for some people to get results if they don't know what they're doing. So by just pretending like, oh, I'm eating healthy, which is great. You've got some good quality food um, coming in. But do you actually know how much of each you're eating? How much calories you're eating per day for your body? Because yes, we might be eating great food, but if we're eating too much um, calories, we cannot get any further in terms of weight loss. So it just could be for a short period of time where we learn and understand how much someone's body actually needs for the level of movement that they do each day, um, just to make sure that they're not wasting time as well. Because without some accuracy, you can waste a hell of a lot of time. Well, I think until I've done challenge, and I love doing at least one challenge a year, just to get back on track or to realign or reset, I just think it's so magnificent and I love the discipline of it. I'm also blown away when I am doing a 12-week challenge at how these little habits have slipped back in, like reaching for more more than two bliss balls or the little snacks or having a little bit more, having a dessert or having more wine or like there's these little habits that slowly creep back in and doing a 12-week challenge once a year also resets and puts you back on track. The one thing I also learned was, and I don't know how true it is, but you cannot outrun or outtrain a bad diet everything that you put into your mouth has an effect. Is that true? It definitely is. Unfortunately, we don't burn that many calories as we think during exercise. So I try and reframe it. We go to the gym to strength train, to build muscle, to get stronger, and cream both density. We do um, cardio, for cardiovascular fitness. It's that overall like, movement through the day, walking, etc. what's going to help towards that energy, overall energy balance, but it's mainly your nutrition. So if you're eating too many calories and your body is using, then you're not going to make any progress then, unfortunately. Um, no matter how healthy the food that you're eating, if you're not in a calorie deficit, then it's going to be extremely hard. And it's funny, like, as we get older as well, people, like a lot of ladies say, I don't know why I'm gaining weight because I'm eating the same. But when you don't actually know how much you're eating, you don't actually realize how little things have crept in over the years. And little habits here in the more wine at night time, more oil in the food. It's like little, little um, instances, but it's just, it does accumulate over time. So although they might think they're eating a lot, the calories have been there and increasing over, over months, over years, where they just get some weight gain each year. But eventually over a few years, it is it does add up to quite a bit as well. Mm. And and also, of course, as we all change and grow throughout all various stages and phases in our lives, hormones can be disrupted by what we're putting into and onto our body. And a lot of people will blame their hormones, but in many ways, it's what we are putting into and onto our body that's affecting our hormones. Is that something you've noticed too for, let's talk perimenopause and menopausal women who say, oh, it's menopause. I've got this menopausal belly. I can't get rid of it. That's just normal. It's not, is it? Oh, I'll just go for a little uh, situation with myself. Um, so when I competed last time, um, I had a slight experience after what I could only um, explain as what someone 
through perimenopause would be going through. So after I competed, my body fat was extremely low and I lost my menstrual cycle probably be about six weeks before my show, which then took me a further three months to get it back after because my hormones, my progesterone, estrogen was super, super low at the end. Um, so it's taken me quite a while to get those increased again to start feeling normal. But after those shows, honestly, I lacked in motivation, I lacked in um, energy. There's a lot of things that I did not feel like doing after that time. So I can only um, like synthesize what females go through during perimenopause. Um, but at the same time, I, I, I tried. I tried to do the best as I could. So it's just making sure during those times that you are still doing your strength training, like still eating your nutrition, because there is a lot of things that you can control during that time. It might not feel as great, but there is still a lot of things that you can continue to do. Um, so I think it's just important that we just don't give up. And yeah, also, yes, we just got to be very mindful of our nutrition as well, that that does play a massive role in how it affects our hormones and making progress as well. Well, I know myself, Kerry, that last year I got very strict with my eating and my training. And a lot of that was because I really wanted to rehab my uh, the reconstruction of my shoulder. And yes. I just wanted to be really disciplined around that because as I'm getting older, I notice it takes a little bit longer to recover or it takes a little bit, you know, just a little bit. It might not be as easy as it was when I was in my 20s and 30s. But what I've noticed now getting over that tipping point is I actually am recovering a lot quicker now. It's almost like I had to break through some sort of menopausal barrier and now I feel like my body's better than it was. Yeah. Is is that possible? Oh, or yes. is it just is it just me being delusional about myself? <laughs> no, but like to say again, look at Shelley, like she got on stage with the body which was competitive against people in their twenties and thirties. So it is possible. Um I mean don't get me wrong, like some females will go will experience more symptoms than other females. Um, but it's not the end. Like there is things that we can do, like controlling nutrition and things like that to help us, yeah, to start to feel better again. Uh, I mean, you're a prime example, Kim, that you showed up no matter what during that post-surgery time, pre-surgery, post-surgery, your nutrition was great. We trained what you could do. So imagine like your shoulder was strapped up. We could still train lower. We could do other things as well. So I think it was just so important that you showed up daily and we can continue to train around your injury. And it just kept your mindset strong as well. And I think you made so so much amazing progress after that as well. So you're just a prime example of someone who won't be beaten, who won't give up. So I think people need to kind of um, dig deep sometimes during these times to actually think what do I actually want out of this like do I want to be better because deep down it's only us who can help us um, to progress further in life Mm, thank you it it meant a lot to me having you as my accountability coach in that and also I really wanted the surgeon and my physio to know that everything they told me to do we were doing it and you and those two worked very closely uh, in unison to ensure I got the best results and I'm so proud of us as a team but I'm really 
really proud of my body and the way it's responded. And I know it took a lot of guts and discipline at times. And so I really hear you when you say show up, because for many, you'd say, well, I've had surgery. I don't have to turn up. I'm menopausal. I don't need to go to the gym or I can't be bothered. And it's that real, there's a real fine line between sabotaging your progress and also really boosting your ability to progress. And that to me comes back to the key of consistency and discipline and never, ever giving up on your yourself. I loved what you said quite a bit ago about this isn't an expense. This is an investment into your future self. And either you invest in yourself now or sickness and injury or old age will invest itself in you. Another thing my husband always says is don't let the old man in or don't let the old (laughs) lady in. And um, it's something that that we really both, we, I've seen 90 year olds, you know, walking, amazing, doing hikes. I've seen 80 year olds run their first marathon. It's so it's not impossible. It's just that we think it's not normal to grow older and stay fit and healthy. But when we think about being a grandmother or grandfather, when we think even about becoming a great grandmother or grandfather, a lot of people spend their last 10, maybe even 20 years of their life in in hospitals or in and out of the medical system. Yet having something like this to focus on, what I don't think many people appreciate is those little steps that you do today actually creates a way better and stronger immune system and more longevity. What's the oldest person you've worked with or seen results with? Or what's the oldest person you've seen on stage even? Oh, there was um there was a guy, I think he was he's either late seventies or eighty. Um, and my kids used to come watching me and they used to always watch him as well. And he was great. Um, there's also a lady who was on my team. She was 70. So she, um, she competed in figure, which is the category, which I used to do, which is one of the higher muscularity categories in bodybuilding. And she held her own on stage and she looked amazing. Um, so yeah, there's ladies in their sixties. So and they don't start younger. Do you know what I mean? Like you, you think they've been doing this for a long time and they haven't. So like things can happen. You can still build muscle as we get older. You just got to make sure that one, you are resistance training and two, you are eating enough protein as well. And a lot of people think that as we get older, we need to eat less. In fact, our protein uh, needs increases, especially as females, as we get older. Um, so it's super, super important that if you are going to the gym, that you need to be supporting that with your nutrition as well. Mm, I think that's the the disconnect for many of us, that we don't actually realize how much you need to eat, uh, but it's the right foods. And it's also giving your body the best recovery from those sessions. You know, so many people, the, the, the fall off from gym memberships or attending PTs and things like that is actually really high. And what I noticed when I was a PT and working in gyms is that people would spend their $800, $1,000, whatever it is for the year, maybe if they wanted to sign up and pay for the year in advance. And for some reason, they thought that that would instantly get them abs or glutes or biceps. It doesn't matter what or how much you pay. It is the one thing, your health, your body will show the investment you make, won't it? Oh, it definitely will. And I think it's like anything. I think people are under the illusion that if you pay for something, the results will come. Not the fact that the work has to be put in to get those results. So you can spend all this money on buying something, but you have to 100% work at it. And I would not like say to anybody, like, do not 
go and take the pill, like do the work instead, because it feels so, so much better when you get that end result rather than just getting it bought for you or you've just been given to it. It does not feel you have no appreciation of your journey. And as well, you would not keep it as well. You'd not keep your current status based on if it was just quick and you hadn't worked on the habits around it to keep you going and yeah, not going backwards. And it's also a reminder that the 12 weeks, the challenge of doing something like that is a wonderful reset, but it doesn't mean on day tw- day one of week 13, you go back to your old habits. The whole point of a challenge and the challenges that you run are really about a reset for life, aren't they? Oh, they really are. And yeah, it's just having the knowledge of, okay, this is me starting my my health and fitness journey to continue. So it's just making sure that you don't have an expiry date on this period of like, people call it, I'm being good. Like, do not put a label on it is I'm going to be good for 12 weeks and then I'm going to fall off and go back to my old ways again. This is an opportunity and a chance for you to start to build better habits and get rid of the older ones. Um, I've been reading, I've been listening to an audio book, sorry, from Mel Robbins. I don't know if you're aware of her, Kim. Mm-hmm. But she's an American author, um, uh, keynote speaker, and she has some amazing books. But she talks, she has one called The Five Second Rule, and it is amazing. And she, I mean, everyone should have a listen to this one before they start any challenge. But she just goes through a lot of like just getting it done, getting started, don't hesitate, like jump out of bed in the morning rather than hesitating. That's why it's like the five second rule is like five, four, three, two, one, get out to bed. Um, she does go on later on talks about um, it's called like she talks about feelings over we all know how to do something, but we don't like we don't sometimes we don't feel like doing it. So if we let our feelings get in the way all the time, we would never get anything done. Because like in the morning you might go, I don't feel like getting out of bed. Even though you know you can get out of bed, but I think it's detaching your feelings and actually just doing it and taking action. So I think a lot of the time is we will not feel like doing a hell of a lot of things. We don't want to get uncomfortable. But I think it's, yeah, we've got to really start taking action and not letting our feelings get in the way. I love that. I love it so much. And I know for me, any hesitancy, uh, there's so many days I wake up and I go, oh, I don't know if I can do it today. Or I'm not sure I can go for that run. Or I just want to lie on the couch. And I'm just, I think you and I, we're just like everybody else, but I know myself, it's those moments I probably know I need to do it more than ever. And I've never, ever returned from a gym session, a run, a walk, any sort of physical activity and gone, damn, I wish I hadn't done that. There is... There's, there's, there's something about it, and I call it walk the dog attitude. If you look at your dog and said walkies, um, there's no five seconds. It's instantaneous. No. It can't yeah. wait to get out. And if we could all adopt that walk the dog attitude and actually realize how privileged we are to have these bodies that can move, how privileged we are to have health, how privileged we are to be able to do the things that we do, there, there might be a different mindset because if we lose that or if we were told we'd lose the use of our legs or if we were told we were going to get a life-threatening illness or if we were told we'd no longer be able to eat certain foods, it, it, I just I wish we could say do the work before that ever happens, you know, invest in yourself. I'd love to ask you then, you know, 
I just want to, before we go into your programs and what you do, I just want to touch quickly on bodybuilding, fitness, all of these programs. A lot of people say they hate it. They don't like the look of women that are really muscly. They think it's revolting. They 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 knock it. They think people, it's just not them and all of that. But I just want people to know that one of the reasons why I love it so much and why, and I, I'm not doing it per se, but I think for me, it's looking, it's like looking at an Olympic athlete or a top athlete in any field. You just have such an appreciation for the discipline and the consistency and the resilience and that I'm going to get up within five seconds and do this no matter what. It is a real commitment to self. And that is probably why I love watching people do those programs or see people on stage uh, it's it's just pure beauty in seeing what someone is actually committed to. Is that how you feel when you see top athletes perform at their best? Oh, definitely. And, I mean, a lot of people don't understand bodybuilding as well. I mean, they only see, like, photographs and social media, but they don't see like, – you, they haven't been um, subjected to like we have, Kim. We see it all the time. We see how people work, the discipline that they go through. So, I mean, they just see the bodies on stage – how they look but they don't see the pro- process that people have gone through like during my prep I was just so grateful every single day that I could be doing this again because one I love the fact that yes I did have the discipline my body was able to do this I had the knowledge to um, do my nutrition and it was just such a privilege to be honest to be around other athletes as well and have the opportunity to get on stage next to them and compete Um, So it's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful sport to be in. And I think a lot of people, yeah, it would be great if they could understand the other side of it and not just the aesthetic thing that they see on stage. Agreed. And there's so many different categories now these days of, and it's so funny when I did do my competition, I've shared this with you, but, you know, I just, I knew I'd won. I looked at my physique. I'd worked so hard to get there and I'd had two babies by this point. I was in my thirties and I looked on around everybody and I just knew I'd won. And when they announced me as second, I was mortified. I was so mortified that I hadn't been announced the winner. And it turned out that the winner uh, was actually the judge's girlfriend. Now, whether she deserved to win or not, my face wouldn't have agreed with that. I'm so competitive. (laughs) But what I also think is the sport is also very subjective. It's very what some people, what one person will love. I'm not talking about it from a judge's point of view, but, you know, what some people will love from a, a sport um, fitness kind of look as opposed to a bodybuilding look. It's There's different categories that also people perhaps don't understand. Is that the case? Yes. I mean, there's a hell of a lot more categories than there ever used to be, but like the main ones are bikini, sports, fitness, figure, and bodybuilding. That's within female um, competing. So bikini would start off and it used to be more of a bikini body, but now the level of muscularity and conditioning Every single category has stepped up. So once the bikini body now has more capped shoulders, bigger glutes, and as we move up like sports, fitness, figure, the muscularity increases and so does the level of conditioning. Um, so it's just amazing. There is different ones and other people are honestly genetically um, like made to go a different way. Like so whichever one you – for myself, I'm in figure or fitness – I could never be a bikini athlete because my body is not the right shape, height, um, limb length to just have that beautiful bikini shape. So you can actually be blessed genetically to actually go into the category which is going to suit you better. Um, 
but yeah, it's, it's just beautiful to watch and the commitment of the athletes and what they have to go to to get to stage. And whether it's not for someone, um, yeah, everyone has different preferences, don't they? And it is subjective as well. So based on a judge's, well, judges, sorry, they do have a criteria to follow. So even though you might feel you look great or your family, friends, you look great as well, you might not fit the exact criteria to be marked off for that particular category. Um, and there could be someone always on the day who's going to be better than you, who's going to tick the criteria a little bit more than you. So it's just, you cannot always win. And I think as long as you know that the journey has been yours, you have yeah put all the hard work and that's the main thing. Yeah, my face might have said otherwise that day. <laughs> You can't control control who's going to be on stage that day. Can I control, like you say, if there was someone who was related to the judging panel? So there's other things that can be going on. She says it sounds like she's a sore sport, but, you know, it was funny. Uh, But I did turn out, though, that I did find out afterwards. You're right, though. It comes down to what your body does. But then there's ways of posing. I don't have a waist. And so in this category, and this is where some people would say, this is a terrible sport because you're judging people's bodies. But it's the same as judging someone's dive. It's the same as judging someone's jump in an equestrian. It's the same as judging someone's swimming prowess. Yeah. It's it's This is sport. You perform at the highest level that you possibly can. And I wanted to ask you something very quickly, maybe even more personal around this, is that some people believe scales are detrimental to particularly for women's health and well-being. Other people would say scales are fantastic to notice inflammatory responses or whether you've slept well or not or how well a food's responded. What's your take on, on scales? Scales are great as a metric of uh, um, collecting data. They need to be used for data only. If someone finds that, that one, it is affecting their mental health, their body issues, then maybe it's not right for them during a certain time. Or, I mean, you can, you can take photographs, you can take progress pictures to get, to have a look how someone is progressing. I generally, it is generally down to the person itself. I love them. And I think they're necessary when we are doing like a bodybuilding competition or even a challenge just to get some data. And if you can start to see it as that, and just going to jump on the scales, take a number down, da, 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 it's not going to affect, affect the way I feel today. That is great. If you get on the scales and it will ruin your day, then I think it's something that we need to leave out for a little bit until we can build more of a relationship around your body as well. But yeah, I love that. I yeah. love the fact that you're talking about it as a metric as opposed yeah. to a be all and end all. Because I know myself, Kerry, on nights that I haven't slept very well, the scales are higher. Or if I've eaten something the night before or the day before, they can go up and it's an inflammatory response. It's not necessarily a weight gain or weight loss when they oh, go up and down. Not. Yeah. Yeah. So like during bodybuilding, you would take your weight every morning and then you would get an average across the week. Again, it's just data, collecting that to see, yeah, have we had a fluctuation in weight? And then you can get a bit of a pattern. There's mm-hmm. menstrual cycle, lack of sleep, have they trained legs the day before? So all different things can cause inflammation, weight gain, weight loss, all these different things. So it's just, yeah, collecting data, writing it down and having a no, no like emotional attachment to it as well. Yeah, that's the key, isn't it? Well, let's talk about that then lack of emotional, not having an emotional attachment to something like scales, but there is a real emotional attachment to believing in ourselves, in confidence, in loving who we are. What would you say right here, right now is your definition of self-love? 
Oh, I think it is. Yeah, but it is comes down to self belief, which, believe it or not, it's something I I have to continually work on. Um, which I think a lot of us do. Like it's something that for me myself, I need to continually um, just have a little kind of reflection of the weeks of the years gone by and see where I'm at and be very proud of the things I've done because I think it's I think a lot of us don't appreciate what we do it could be on a daily basis with the family with work with a sport that you might be doing but I think we forget about things and we don't appreciate who we are where we are what we have done and just being very proud of ourselves so I do have to continue to remind myself of my achievements and not look on to the bad points if I had a bad day or something like that. So I think mm-hmm. it's just continually remind yourself of, yeah, how good you are, keep going, and, yeah, just have some appreciation for who you are as well. I love this so much. You've got a challenge coming up, and this is why I really wanted to share you on the podcast because this is the perfect time of year for a reset, and it doesn't matter where in the world you live or which state you live in in Australia. You have a beautiful 12-week challenge coming up. Could you tell us a little bit about it and also how people could reach out to you if it's something that they would love to use as a platform for the rest of their life? Yeah. Thank you, Kim. Um, so yeah, I've got a 12 week challenge, which is starting next Monday on the 26th of Feb. So this can be done in two ways, either face to face for a personal training session at my gym. Um, and then also online. So anywhere around the world, someone can have access to this. So what it would involve is, so someone who wasn't training with me and it was online, I do offer, um, a 12 week program. So it'd be a training program done um, at the gym or at home. Um, also with that, there would be um, nutrition guidance as well, whether someone wanted to get full on into tracking or another way is I do, um, I can have a bit meal, I do have meal plans available, but also just to get someone on the right track of how much they could be eating per day in terms of, are they eating enough protein? Have they got enough veggies? All these kind of things. Do they have enough fats in their diet? So just getting someone on the right track of making sure that everything they're doing is supporting them. Um, so within that, I do have a book, which it's a recipe book, but I also have something called a smart swap book. It's a little book and it actually teaches you how much protein um, is in different things, how much carbohydrates, how much fats. And it also does a breakdown of how much in like 10 grams, 20 grams, 30 grams. So it's a really good um, a good lesson for people to start looking at that. And then they can start to construct their own meals and know what they're eating and know that they're actually going to be supporting their body. I think it's just super important that we don't get blase and just follow something and don't want to learn these things as well. So I am going to encourage a lot of people to start actually thinking about it, what you're having per day and almost what's on my plate, how much is in that. It's a really good, um, yeah, good way to continue. Uh, and we can also start to feel like, does that food, is that working for me? How do I feel from that? Do I have energy? How am I sleeping? So it's like a lot of, um, yeah, you've got to really, really think about what you're doing daily. So also within this as well, um, so I've got my smart swaps, we have meal plans, we have the recipe book, also weekly check-ins. So that's going to enable people to be um, accountable to me. So every week we look through, if they want to, they can upload the progress pictures online so we can have a look at that. 
if they feel like they can input their weight, we can do that. So it's, again, me having a look at how their week's gone. They'll have a little check-in form to fill in. And we'll just go through how have they gone and how can we move forward for the next week. So you're not left alone for 12 weeks. There is an accountability factor there as well. Um, every Saturday, I do really want to encourage people to set to cook at home and possibly make a meal at home for the family, which could be almost like a fake away. So if they were going to go out for a meal, they could actually make it at home instead. And I'd like to run this as a bit of a competition weekly. If people want to do it, they would upload it into my group. And it would just really encourage people to be more accountable to the group as well. Also, um, I'm going to give everyone like a daily step um, challenge. So every day you have a target to try and reach. This is based on someone's current activity. So I'm not going to tell someone to go and do 20,000 steps when realistically they're only getting four at the moment. So everything has to be um, designed especially for them. But yeah, I really do love running these challenges because it really does get people accountable and discipline doesn't happen overnight. And that is created by, I do believe, some motivation at the beginning. So you have motivation from a challenge starting, but then as the kind of motivation starts to dwindle a bit, the habits have started to come into place then. You're starting to see results. So that's how you can then continue throughout the challenge. This is why I want to be more accountable um, within myself, but also to a group as well. But it also creates that community that I just love within my team. And everyone's so nurturing and supportive. So I think it just really helps everyone to continue then. Well, I think the most beautiful thing about a challenge is the learning. And also not the, what you really encourage, which you didn't mention, is this whole comparisonitis. You are very much about the individual achieving the best for them and giving them the inspiration, the guidance and the accountability to actually achieve that. That's not saying that, you know, someone has to lose 20 kilos. It's not even that's your focus. You are very much around how someone wants to feel within a 12-week period that's realistic, it's measurable, it's tangible, and we have something that we're all working towards. The other thing that I love within the group is that feeling of um, having people champion you on. Um, what's, What's that kind of when you've done this in the groups before, there's that, I don't know what the word is, but it's almost like we all become each other's cheerleaders. Is that something that you really love to see grow, even though people don't know each other if they're interstate and things like that? Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. And even like one of my male clients, he walked into the gym one time and one of my female clients, uh, she commented how good he was looking not just because he'd lost weight. It was more the fact that he was smiling, his head was high, he looked more confident. And at first, he didn't know how to take a compliment. But you can just see how it made his day, it made his week, his year. Do you know what I mean? Like, by just having someone's positive comment, it just made him progress even further then. So I think it's just beautiful how you can have people like hype girls um, who want to, yeah, just champion for you and get the best out of you. There's also something about being in a group that you don't want to let the group down. It's almost like we would rather not let the group down than let ourselves down. And that's what I love about the support in a 12-week challenge. I just want everyone to know that I'm doing this challenge as well. 
And I just think what's so wonderful is it's a constant fine tuning. And what you also said before is a curiosity. We're not the same person we are today that we were a week ago, a year ago, five years ago. We are ever changing and we are always a work in progress. And this is just another way that we can all together create a new reset. So for someone that's interstate or even international, is there, how do we get in touch with you to be a part of this challenge? And do you have a price that you can share or is it different for each person's needs? So I'll go through my online one because I think that's going to reach the most people who um, obviously are listening to this podcast. So over the 12 weeks, um, I do do a weekly payment or I can do an upfront payment, which you actually save money if you did that. So for the 12 weeks, um, weekly would be $55 a week. Or if I do my upfront payment, that is a $550, which you actually save $110 by doing the upfront payment. Um, Either way, it's still an investment. And I just think when you pay for a challenge itself, you're invested. And see that money then you're going through, it's going towards a better, uh, more um, fitter version of yourself, which is obviously going to continue for the rest of your life. If during this challenge, you do want to learn. You do want to progress. You do want to feel uncomfortable as well because this is something a lot of people don't underestimate that getting a little bit hungry, a little bit fatigued, it is normal. It's what you would expect if you're uh, pushing your body, your mind into places that you haven't been for a bit. But enjoy being uncomfortable because I think this is where, I know you'll know this, Kim, during your ultra marathons, whatever it might be, this is where we grow. Um, when we get uncomfortable, it's what makes us into a better and stronger person. And that's why I continually keep doing things because I just love what I get out from being uncomfortable. I just, I'm really excited. And I think that that is such an incredible price for an investment. It is something of this magnitude. I just want to thank you wholeheartedly for everything that you do. And one thing we haven't mentioned that's happened since the last time we spoke is that you've also launched your own podcast. Could you tell us a little bit about that and the name of it so people can follow listening to you three amazing beauties? Yeah, so... um Yes, I started a podcast with um, two of my friends, Monique and Kelly, and it's called Queen We Got You. So the Instagram handle for that is we underscore, um, oh, sorry, queen underscore we got you. Um, That is the Instagram handle. And it is a very raw, unedited podcast. And we talk about things that we get asked by clients, things that we go through ourselves, being mums, wives, athletes, all these kind of things. It's unedited. And when I talk about getting uncomfortable, being on podcasts, doing my own podcast, public speaking is something I don't particularly enjoy doing. Um, This is where I lack self-belief, but it is pushing me out of my comfort zone. And every time I do one, I... I get stronger mentally. So it's just very important that like no matter what I can do within bodybuilding, there is aspects of my life as well where I do feel uncomfortable. But I do continually put myself into these places because I love how I grow from them. So if anyone is thinking about doing the challenge, like accept that, that it's going to be a little bit hard. It's going to put you into an uncomfortable position. But yeah, enjoy it because at the end of it, you'll be so proud of yourself uh, from what you've achieved. I just love it. And I'm so excited. Is there an email or is it best to reach out to you if someone wanted to just talk to you personally? 
So I do also have um, a web page as well. So that is www.coachkerry.au. And, and also on there, there is a bio site link as well. So if anyone would like to go onto my Instagram page as well, it is um, Coach Kerry Pro. So that's my Instagram handle. So there is a little link on there where you can actually get to my bio site or also my email, website as well. Perfect. And that's Coach Kerry. Kerry is spelled K-E-R-R-Y dot A-U. That is right. So I'll make sure that's in the notes. So just to finish up, your favorite quote maybe right now and a final message to the beautiful self-love podcast listener. Oh, God, I can't think of a quote, Kim, off my Go on. <laughs> Is this something that you find you're saying all the time? Oh, actually, I'm, I'm going to steal somebody else's. Yeah, so, go. There is an amazing coach um, called Joey Cancelin, and his um, his quote is, pressure is a privilege. So I love that one so much. So being under pressure, being able to do a challenge, it is a privilege. Imagine all the people who would love to be in the position of someone else doing this and working towards their goals. Like it is a privilege. And that's what I felt the whole way through my prep. So, yeah, so that is a little, yeah, a little end to the ladies out there. Um, Self-love podcast that, yeah, it is a privilege to be able to push yourself, be better um, and continue to grow as well. You know, it's such a beautiful way to finish because I remember when I was training to do my ultra marathon runs uh, way back in the early 90s and I'd just done a 50K training run down in Wilson's Promontory and I came back to the gym in the naturopathic clinic that I was working in and one of my clients that was sitting there was a beautiful man called Brett and he was in a wheelchair. He was a top AFL footballer. His legs had been taken out from underneath him and sadly he was paralysed from the waist down after that tackle. But that beautiful soul never gave up. And even though it it put an end to his career, he was also in training for the Seoul Olympics at the time. And it was just phenomenal. And as I came into the room, as he was sitting there, he said to me, how was your run, Kimmy? And I just went, oh, Brett, my legs are killing me. And as I said that, I looked at him and I felt sick, Kerry. I just wanted to, to take those words back. And he saw my face and he just said to me, don't worry about it but I just want you to know I'd freaking give anything for that feeling. I would love to feel DOMS. I would love to have lactic acid. I would love to know that it was going to hurt me and I was going to feel uncomfortable training and doing this. And I call it now a breadism. Whenever I say the F word or S word at the gym (laughs) with you, I do and I am constantly reminded that there are people out there, as you mentioned, that would give anything to be able to have this opportunity. So there's no accident that whoever's listening to this right now is hearing this. I really do encourage you to reach out to Kerry, go onto her website, coachkerry.au. And please do reach out, even if it's not for the challenge, it might be. I know she writes programs for couples, for people at home, uh, whether you have a gym or access to a gym or not. There is so many ways that we can improve our health, fitness and strength. And I think that reaching out to someone like Kerry is going to keep you on course, but also teach you a lot about yourself and your ability that maybe you haven't have even given up on. So Kerry, I want to th- thank you from the bottom of my heart for everything. You're an inspiration to me. I love our sessions each and every week. And that is why I was so excited to share with our beautiful listener uh, the ability to join a challenge that you and I will be participating in a week from now. Thank you so I'm much. Too. Can I just say as well, Kim, uh, so me and Kim had a bit of a conversation last week and uh, Kim had an extremely busy week. 
Well, one thing she was packaging all her parcels for her black current. So they was going, all the orders were going off. And I said, what a privilege, isn't it, to be able to have all these orders being packaged and being sent off. Because um, even though it seems like her book at the time, it's just amazing, isn't it, Kim, how, how well your product is doing and, yeah, just being in that position where you can do that as well. Oh, thank you, because I, you know, sometimes we do get overwhelmed and uh, Blackcurrant is a, a beautiful product that I have the absolute privilege of launching with my family and it is really aimed at people wanting to improve, to increase their performance, to recover better, to help with weight loss, to help with digestive system, to help with recovery, but also skin, longevity, aging. It has just become one of those superpowers. And I thank you for bringing it up because it is definitely going to be a big part of the program for me. And if anyone else wants to use it and become part of a, a sharing as part of this challenge as to what the Black Current will do, I know it was definitely one of the big factors uh, of my recovery and improvement over the last year since my operation. So yes, my love, it was very frantic and full <laughs> on, but you know, people are starting to catch on to this and you yourself took black current all the way through your prep last year. And when I saw you on stage and when you won and got placed and all of the different things, there was a part of me going, yeah, go black current. <laughs> oh, it's funny, right? Um, so I've only been sick within 18 months and I've been taking black fruit the whole time, but um, I got sick May 22 when I went to a CrossFit big national competition where there was like a lot of people. So everyone got sick that weekend. Unfortunately, I did. But then I only got sick like the weekend of my comp. So we're talking 18 months after. So that's one sickness within all that time. And don't get me wrong, like when you're low body fat as well, you're more susceptible to picking up infections and your body is like run down to the ground as well. But it kept me, yeah, I do believe, yeah, my health, yeah, was up there all the way through. So, yeah, mm. I, can't, I can't, yeah, I can't say how good. It's just amazing, amazing product. Makes me nice. feel amazing. Yeah, I'm the same. And you always say to me too, I can tell when I haven't been taking it, my skin or people comment on your skin when you're taking it and I get the same. So thank you for bringing that up. I'd completely forgotten about our beautiful superpower in the behind all of this, but you really are my superpower and I am so grateful to your support, your guidance, your pushing me, your inability to count um, also keeps me going and the laughs that we get to share. Thank you so much for being on the Self Love Podcast, sweetheart. Always a pleasure, Kimmy, and I cannot wait to see you in the gym tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Self Love Podcast. Be sure to write a review and share the love with your friends and family and head over and visit Kim and her team at 28.com. That's the word 20 and the number 8.com. Take good care. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.